Welcome to the Faith Today podcast, conversations inspired by Canada's Christian magazine. I'm Karen Stiller, and I've learned to be a listener. It's been a journey. Welcome to episode 200 of the Faith Today podcast. That means, and I'm generalizing a little bit, that my podcast partner Dave and I have created space for about 199 conversations. We learned from each and every one of them, mostly by listening, by making space for someone else to talk and share. We ask questions, and we listen to the answers. So we're celebrating the big 200 of this podcast in what can feel like a deeply divided time in our life as a church. It might be a divided time in our families as well. We had more than two years of different opinions on how to live well through a pandemic, for example. My own extended family had different opinions about this. Feelings were hurt. Relationships are actually still strained. My extended family's Facebook group blew apart over different views on the convoy protest. It's been hard for me. I wonder if it's been hard for you, too. So I've been thinking about how we listen to one another and the little bit I've learned about listening from, yes, listening. Let's start with the wise Keith Dow from episode 191 of this podcast. Keith is with Christian Horizons, and he's the author of the book Formed Together, Mystery, Narrative, and Virtue in Christian Caregiving. I don't know this other person. I can't interpret life through their eyes, and there's a mystery there. I think sometimes we have a tendency to see that mystery as something scary, mm-hmm. right? If I don't understand it, if I don't know where you're coming from, if you have a different view than me, or if you approach life differently than me, then I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna back up. But I think that's exactly the time that Christ is calling us to enter in. Like if I don't, if I don't understand you, I don't understand how God is working through you. I don't understand how the spirit of God is maybe working in your life, even if you wouldn't describe it that way, right? And it also frees me up because it means that I don't have to have the answers when I enter into new spaces that might be confusing for me, might be frightening for me at times. But I can just look for the ways that God is already at work. Jesus is already at work in these spaces, in these neighborhoods with my neighbor down the street, who I might not understand at all. (laughs) But uh, there's a real opportunity there. Thank you, Keith. Listening to each other always involves curiosity. Curiosity killed the cat, the old saying goes, but it helps us heal. It helps us grow. It helps us listen. When we're genuinely curious, when we're truly wondering and open to an answer that we don't think we've already got squared away, our whole world can open up. It really can. When we practice curiosity, we ask questions. And it is a practice. We might not be perfect at it right away, but we can get better by literally practicing curiosity. When we're curious, we listen to understand and not to disagree. We're not listening to pounce or barge in. Listening to other people and their stories can change everything. When we listen to one another, we build a bridge instead of burning a bridge. The most important thing I've personally learned about being a professional listener as a podcast host and a writer, I learned being a pastor's wife. I saw early on in ministry life that a good gift I could offer to someone was simply my attention. Friends, there are a lot of people out there who aren't listened to very much. We have people in our lives who don't feel heard or valued, who aren't given space to share. 
Now, it might be because their story isn't riveting. It's about a surgery they just had or an old memory that is precious to them. Or it might be because their opinion is unpopular or disruptive or just so irritating. But listening is rooted in humility, and it's a discipline that we can practice and get better at. I didn't earn the role of good listener. It was assigned to me by the assumptions people had that I wanted to hear and that I truly cared because I was the minister's wife. I had to try to live up to who they thought I already was. I grew into my years in church halls, over tea and lemon squares, if I was lucky. I learned that a pause doesn't mean the story's fully told. There's more to come, maybe even the best part, if I can just wait a minute or two. We can tame the desire to jump in and make it everything about us and our own stories. Sometimes we can just be quiet and let others talk. I've also learned to try not to interrupt unless there's a fire. It's not that I never interrupt. I do. Just ask my husband. But I try really hard not to. Interrupting is the conversational equivalent of cutting someone off in traffic. It's so rude. Sometimes I wish I'd been born with a car horn. Women, in particular, could benefit from a horn to blow when they're interrupted. There are many studies that show women are interrupted more. One of them, from George Washington University, revealed that men interrupt women 33% more than they interrupt other men. (laughs) Oh boy, let's stop interrupting each other. If you're listening to this podcast right now, in the presence of someone who interrupts you a lot, please talk to them about it. You can refer to this podcast. You'll both be happier in the end. When we listen, we learn. We get better. Here's Kevin Makins from episode 140. He's pastor of Eucharist Church in Hamilton and author of the book, Why Would Anyone Go to Church? I like what he says here about listening to the exact people God has given us in community. You know, and, and not this is not speaking just to pastors. This is speaking to people in church communities. God says, I gave you these people. I gave you this place. I gave you these relationships to cultivate. And so instead of sitting around wishing that I gave you something different, can you lean into these relationships and really listen and hear how your different experiences, your different backgrounds, your different cultures, your different um, uh, the, the homes you were raised in, the places you were raised in, even your different theological views. Stop fighting and, and pay attention to each other because the Holy Spirit is working to bring about justice and reconciliation and peace when we take the time to really pay attention to one another. Thanks again, Kevin. You've probably heard this Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote before, quote, the first service that one owes to others in the fellowship consists in listening to them. Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them, end quote. That's from the beautiful book, Life Together. Bonhoeffer calls it the obligation of listening. Listening is one of the ways we can love one another well and be in community together. It's an obligation that comes with a gift. Listening is giving and hearing is receiving. Both bless. I learn more when I'm listening. I learn less when I'm talking. And don't we all want to be learners? Holly Fortier is a Cree Dene leader and educator and documentary filmmaker from Fort McKay, First Nation, Alberta. She does Indigenous awareness training across Canada. I loved Holly's description in episode 177 about how she deliberately chose to listen and to learn. 
I decided that I was going to be a student. Even though I do anti-racism work, I decided that I was going to be a student. And I started to write down little quotes, inspiration, teachings, and I became actively anti-racist. I became a student of that. And now is the time because there's conversations about that on television. There's talk shows, there's panels, there's specials, there's audiobooks, there's podcasts like this one. There's so many conversations. And I, I've just leaned into this because, you know, racism is a tough topic. And even a racist will say, I'm not racist because, oh, I'm not wearing a hood, you know, white hood. But I think that we all have to look at that and just say, do I have unconscious biases? Do I use microaggressions? Because we all do. We all have to admit it. We all do. I love that idea of becoming a student. Students read and listen to learn. They ask questions. At Faith Today, we decided to do a story about Christians at the trucker convoy protest that happened in the city in which I live, Ottawa, and in the neighborhood in which I live, Centertown. This felt like a very tricky article to write. I would say that most of the people I personally knew were against the trucker protest, but a few people I know and love were fiercely for the protest. It surprised me how fiercely people held to their positions on this and how deeply dug in both sides seemed to be. The only way I could tell the story well was to go and see, which I could do because I lived so close to the protest site, I could walk to it. So I went up and I found some Christians and I asked questions like, why are you here? And what do you mean by that? Tell me more. I learned a lot. I found myself wishing that the people who had been on either extreme could just sit down and talk together and ask those questions like, please tell me more. Just a few shows ago in episode 196, we had Rod Wilson on, author of the recent book, Thank You, I'm Sorry, Tell Me More. He spoke about the imperative and our ability to lean into conversation, even with people with whom we disagree. You know, the biblical uh, imperative to me is around the word shalom in Hebrew, which, you know, I think there's many translations, but flourishing is probably one of the best ones. Like what what we want to do in, in our Christian experience with other people is flourish. Uh, we don't want to pursue the absence of conflict or sort of a Pollyannish niceness. We really want to get closer to people and be impacted by them. And part of that can be very negative. I mean, we are fallen image bearers. So I think in the image bearer side, we can impact each other really positively. On the fallen side, we can impact each other negatively. Uh, but if flourishing is the goal, then we do get closer in community and closer relationally. And we're not just running around fearing conflict. I think flourishing in relationships and community should always be our goal. And I think curiosity helps move us a whole lot closer. When I prepare for the interviews we do on this podcast, I do my homework. I learn all I can beforehand. I read the book or the article or the whatever. I craft questions. I make lists. I do all the things to prepare myself for the conversation. But when we hit record, I set my paper off to the side, literally. I ask my first question, and then I listen. It's scarier that way because I don't entirely know where we're going to end up. Even though I think I might have a good idea of what an answer might be, I try not to predict because the truth is, I don't know. When we start to think we know what the answer to our questions are, that can be a little warning to us that we might not be well positioned to listen well. 
I try to be fully present in the conversation, usually with one eye on the clock. Dave, who handles the tech and later gets rid of all the ums and ahs, will sometimes send me a question or a thought based on what he's hearing and thinking in the background. That helps me too, because we're listening together. I had a stint pre-pandemic helping Wycliffe College at the University of Toronto in their Religion and Society series. I was the moderator, except I like to call myself a conversation host. That was less frightening for me. Those events could have been viewed as debates, but we really tried to make them dialogues and conversations. And for the most part, I think they were. We had people like Jordan Peterson and William Lane Craig, Alistair McGrath, and others. I would introduce everyone, set out the ground rules, and then at the end of their interactions, I would ask questions and also field questions from the audience. I remember before the Jordan Peterson event, and this won't surprise you, but the university's security team briefed us on which direction we would all run out if people stormed the stage. That seems like a long time ago. There's a lot of water under all our bridges. But before we began any of those events, I was so nervous because I was so out of my depth that I hoped for a hurricane or some other cancellation-provoking natural calamity. I would always double-check with Wycliffe, and I'd reassure them that my ego would survive them finding a different host. They stuck with me, I think partly because they knew I wasn't afraid of looking silly. I didn't mind asking the questions that I think normal people like me would ask. It's about just normal, everyday curiosity again. There really is no such thing as a stupid question. We might feel stupid asking it, of course, but what's the worst thing that can happen? Believe me, it's far more embarrassing being caught pretending to know something we don't know than admitting we don't know right from the get-go. I know this because I've done it a few times. We don't have to agree with each other, but for communities to flourish, we do need to listen. A long time ago, I interviewed Russ Parker at my dining room table, and there are a lot of squeaks and other weird noises in this clip. Russ is a listening expert who's worked in reconciliation around the world in some of the toughest places with a Christian listening ministry. I asked him what listening well meant and how it helps everyone. He had a great answer. Thank you for asking that question, because I'm passionate about listening. Let me give you a good quote from Dame Cicely Saunders, the founder mm. of the hospice movement, who yes. I work with in training her staff oh, wow. in listening okay. skills at St. Christopher's Hospice in London. Uh, she said one day, I have a simple truth. People will say more in a climate of listening. Mm. And so what listening is, is not just being a blotting paper presence to somebody else saying whatever they want, that's the end of the day. Uh, listening is a facilitation space in which we help people to explore, understand, locate, and take response action for the material that concerns them. We work long and hard, and we're not unique in the field of listening, even though we were called Christian listeners. Mm. And by that, we meant Christ, the listener, resourced us to be in the place of listening for somebody else. That's the kind of philosophy okay. behind it, if you yeah. like. Sure. And we we wanted to make a statement that um, listening was at the at the heart of God. Hmm. I mean, we call it prayer, but if you're not listening, it's a waste of time. Hmm. So God listens twenty four seven. One of the very few things God does twenty four seven is listen and love. Hmm. Yeah. If you think about it. He doesn't heal every everybody, yeah. but he listens every time hmm. and loves because he is love. Anyway, 
getting no, off the I love that. It's very simple, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I have no, not thought of that. Yeah, and I love to teach on the listening Christ and give examples from the Gospels uh, that demonstrate you know, his particular full present listening. So we listen to people and we have two significant questions we ask, bearing in mind the time frame. And the first question is, out of all the things you've told us, what for you is the most important okay. today? Mm-hmm. So we narrow the focus, yeah. or if you like, sharpen the focus. When you do that, the energy uh, increases. It's like the flow of a river. Hmm. You know, when you narrow it down, okay. yeah. it's faster. Yeah. And, you're, and you're more proximate and closer to what really is the heart of the matter for the person. Mm-hmm. The other stuff we can come back to another day. And we explore that. And then at an appropriate time, we'd say, okay, what action do you want to take with this? Yeah. Now that we've explored it, what, what for you is good action? And it might be, I don't know, or nothing, I suppose, or this. And then we come to prayer and say, okay, prayer is not about uh, giving you the go. Prayer is about, Lord, give so-and-so wisdom to do their action well. I love how Russ talks about listening, being at the heart of God, and that one of the things that God does all the time is listen. That's a good thing to ponder. Remember James 1 verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Yes, that makes sense. And here's something else that is true for me, and I hope for you. For all the listening I do, I also don't hesitate to speak. I don't just listen. Listening well to others doesn't mean you don't speak up when it's your turn. You get to claim your turn. When it's my turn, I speak. And so should you, always. And I hope that people listen out of respect, for the sake of love, and to learn. Thank you for listening to the Faith Today podcast. This is the 200th episode, as I mentioned, and also the final one of this season before a summer hiatus. We already have a great lineup building for the fall, which we're excited about. So keep listening everywhere, and we'll see you in the fall. Thank you for listening. Check out more podcasts and subscribe to Faith Today magazine for free at faithtoday.ca. This podcast is produced by the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. If you enjoyed it, please rate or share it.